Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people pursue and hopefully succumb to love. My name is Kyle Marshall. I am talking with Jen Sanford here this week. Jen, what's uh, what's new with you? What's going on? Kyle, are you okay? You talk to me every week. This podcast is called Somebody Date Jen and Kyle. I mean, what did I just say? You said you'd be talking with me this week. Like, oh, are you right. talking to somebody else next week? That's that's correct. Only this week am I talking to Jen. Next week, we're rebranding this podcast, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> somebody date Kyle and open casting call. That feels pretty par for the course, actually, Kyle, like me mm-hmm. getting kicked off of my own podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, how was your week this week? You know, this week, of course, we record a few weeks in advance to when these shows go live. I know. Sorry to pull back the curtain so much here on this episode. I am working currently in collaboration with the Calgary International Film Festival, running their inaugural podcast booth on location. I am going to let you and the audience know two things. One, I'm extremely tired. And B, I am very drunk. So we... (laughs) This is going to be a very wild episode, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I feel like the quality assurance on this is going to be out of control. I, on the other hand, on this Friday night, am stone cold sober and, you know, loser. Totally, (laughs) totally. And I, you know, I probably should be drinking. I feel like it's been a rough week. I feel like it's like Mm. society one gen no score this week, but I'm trying not to be jaded about it because I feel super jaded about last week. Last week was hard. You didn't overshare, Jen. It was a rough week last week. I overshared two weeks ago. No, you didn't overshare two weeks ago. That's what this podcast is all about. It's Mm -hmm. about the two of us coming together, not like that, but being a community. I mean, I'm serious what I said when this podcast started, which is that I feel like the prospect of finding love, navigating love, holding on to love, succumbing to love is like, this is like a treacherous business. And I just get frustrated that we just all have to like, struggle by ourselves. I hate that. Mm -mm. I hate that. Hence why this podcast exists. This completely unqualified podcast exists. Well, should we like reveal like actual dates we've been going on in in the intervening weeks? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. None. How about you, Kyle? Uh, well, here's the thing. I I don't want to do my classic Kyle overshare in this regard because I have not told this person that we have a podcast that talks about relationships. Surprise. That's a little bit unfair to them. So this is their name and their social insurance number. No, I'm not. (laughs) And a photo of them is posted to our social. Is going to be, yeah, posted there. Uh, so I have gone on three dates with the same person. Over the course of the last three weeks and uh, things seem to be going pretty good. So um, I'm sure I'll have some sort of like devastating news next week as I'm announcing this. Self-sabotage, back to to self-sabotage. You know, I have to say that I'm I'm happy for you that you're getting out there. Mm -hmm. And I know that you kind of like this person. But I have to say, like, have we really talked about what happens if you like meet that person? Like this, we have a podcast about finding love. What happens if you achieve that mission? We it will be an open casting call. Forget me being gone. You'll be gone. Right. It'll be somebody date Jen and whomever would like to assume this podcast. I think w- then it just gets renamed to somebody date Jen featuring Kyle. <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> the way you guest, tried to start Kyle. this podcast. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, congratulations and please continue to keep us updated. This week, we are going a little bit backward to go forward, which is you know, feels like my life a little bit. But in episode two, we talked about deal breakers, the things to which we determined that we could absolutely not tolerate going forward into a relationship. And we had a lot of people reach out and say, oh, I feel the same, or this is my list, or I can't believe you guys didn't mention this. So, you know, we thanks, thanks for being with us on it. But one of the things that we probably should have started with was what are your things that you need for a relationship? Like it's yeah, so the green e- lights. Yeah. What are the exactly? What are the green lights that sort of get you to where you where you want to be, where you're like this person? I we always heard, hear that expression. This person ticks all my boxes, which mm. I will admit I used to think was a sexual thing. But now I understand was far more pragmatic. I have to tell you, Kyle, I've been, since we decided to talk about this, I've been thinking about my friend Megan. Just when I graduated from college, my very young, young friend, Megan, uh, got married. She found this man, Dave, and they mm-hmm. got married and they had a beautiful wedding. Her very best friend uh, got up to give a speech as the best friend does. 
And she said something and it got the reaction of everybody that was there. There's hundreds of people there and everybody reacted. She felt so embarrassed. But beneath what she was trying to say was actually something quite meaningful. She said, you know, Megan made a list of all of the things that she wanted in a man and shared this list with us and kept this list close to her heart. And then she met Dave and the list just went away. And everybody laughed. But what she was trying to say was that she had she had met someone and it either complimented the list or she was yeah. had such a connection with them that the list didn't matter anymore. And 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 I've just been thinking about that because I think I think whether we're consciously writing a list or we're just thinking about like what our you know sort of must-haves are in a partner or partners, I don't know what you're up to. I'm just kind of fascinated by it because I like, do you have a list, Kyle? Maybe we'll just jump in. Do you have a list? I made this valiant effort because I actually did make a list in like first or second year of university. It was, of course, I didn't handwrite it. It was literally like a Word document that I made of like things my potential partner needs to have. I went through every hard drive I could find that I still have. I could not find it. Oh, no. Uh, I so, so I'm so angry at myself like because I know it's there somewhere in my like digital flotsam. Um, regardless, what prompted it? You know, I was doing two things at once. You know, I, I, it's not necessarily like a vision board, but it's kind of the same mentality. I wanted to have something like, this is what I'm like going for. Because at the exact same time, I remember literally making a list of like things I need to accomplish to be like feel successful. By the way, this is also another thing that is one of my hangups is like, I never feel successful because I've never achieved anything that I've ever wanted in my life. More on that later. But it was stuff like literally like host Saturday Night Live and like be a guest on on the late show and like be like blah blah blah. Like all these like highfalutin things that will never happen in my entire life. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't put that out there. Well, that's right. In the 2023 Oscars, you're hearing the host. That's going to be the host of the Oscars that year. Anyways, at the same time, I made this list of potential partner. And I, you know, as I've admitted on this podcast, I was a very late bloomer as far as like actually getting and being in a relationship and, and, you know, having, um, sexual relations with other people. I sound like an old man, you know, uh, regardless. Well, to be fair, Kyle, you kind of are. (laughs) How dare you keep going. Uh, Anyways, you can send your resumes to somebody. No, um, the so anyways i had all these things and i the ones that i remember are the ones like come play a musical instrument and it's like likes poetry and like i was like so pretentious like i'm pretentious now i was super duper pretentious back in university i thought i knew everything and and what relationships actually meant and I remember very vividly, like, n- not having very much stuff as far as, like, I don't know, personality goes and very clear things of, like, has to do this and has to believe this, which is not necessarily what would be on my on my list nowadays. But I don't know. How about you? Did you actually write up a list at any time in your life? Um, yes. At this very when I was in high school. So I mm. found my list. I found my list. Mm. I have it with me here today. Um, and I like all the like the little hearts and uh, illustrations you have on that. Yes, stop it. I yeah no I I did it when I was in high school. I don't know what prompted it. I could have just been boredom. I'm not really sure. Or it could have been like watching all of my friends pair off. Or it could have been that I had a yeah. you know I had this you know great love affair in high school and I was like hmm, you know I wonder I wonder I wonder I'm not sure what prompted it, but I will admit now that I'm completely mortified by it. I'm mortified. I'm mortified by it. I mean, in a way, isn't it good that you are? Like, if no. You, if you had the same exact things now as a 38 year old woman that you did in high school, I think that'd be a little bit weird. Or we could honor you my must look like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. But I wasn't. I wasn't 10 years old. I was. Okay. okay. I but I I do. I don't know. I think I might disagree. I think it might have been okay. I think I might have been proud of my emotional maturity. Uh, but no, I have nothing to be proud of. I'm absolutely mortified. But in anticipation of tonight's podcast, I did sit down, listen to a little Sam Smith and and made another list. And right. I found like having 
you know, just ha- that many more dating experiences and relationship experiences and certainly long-term relationships behind me. I was really surprised at, at the, at the experience. And while I don't think I got them in order, cause I don't think you should put them in like no, the no. most order. I was really surprised. I decided to limit myself to 10 and I have 11. So I think I did okay. I thought, oh my God, am I going to have a hundred? But then I thought, but I will say that what I started to do is I started to have, like, I started to write down deal breakers and I had to stop myself and say like, no, 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 no. The exercise is like, what are the qualities of this person? What a uniquely human thing as someone who has done like high level training with people and like requiring people to give feedback on themselves. I always started with like, hey, like mention something good that you just did. And invariably everyone was like, well, this is what they did wrong. Stop. No. What did you do? Well, everyone always wants to go to the negative place. It's so weird. But we do that in a, in also in the dating ecosystem, because mm-hmm. when somebody wrongs us and it causes us pain, it creates an indelible mark. And so then we have a way to frame it as, please don't let that person do this thing to me again, because it hurt me. So I'm going to write it in that regard. So it was, I had to keep reminding myself, like, like what are the characteristics and the qualities and the values of this of this, you know, mystical person that I'm trying to manifest. I found the exercise very interesting. Then I looked at the two side by side, which I'm hoping you and I will do now. So why don't we start with the OG list? What yeah, were some of the highlights of your original list? I remember it really focusing on, it was looking at the outer level rather than the inner level of a relationship, I find a lot. And I'm, I'm not talking about like, has to be like super good looking, but I'm talking about like, I already mentioned like, has to, has to know how to play an instrument. Like, I'm fascinated like, by that. Like, where does that come I know. from? I, I think I really just wanted like the artist and I wanted uh. to be like super cool with people and like pretend to like smoke, even though I didn't smoke ever in my entire life. But, you know, like be with part of the cool kid group and and that kind of stuff. And Do like you- that outward looking sort of stuff. I remember it focused a lot on on that of like has to like this, has to do this, has to has to know this, like has to like these authors, has to know like this thing. Wait a minute. Can I just back up? Did you play a musical instrument? Well, I do play a musical instrument. Yes. Do you? How do I not know this about you? Oh, do do you? Are you making me admit this on the podcast? I know how to play the clarinet. I've played it for seven years. Well, there you go. That's what's embarrassing about that. It's a clarinet. Ah, Yeah. People always want me to put my mouth on their woodwinds and it gets weird after a while. Oh my. See, you went there. I just cared about the instrument. I just, I just wondered if there's the irony of like, oh no, no, I've never played an instrument. You'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's the, no, no, I would never play an instrument. Why would you ask Who me Who has that? that kind of time? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I looked at my list and like I mentioned, I feel mortified. I don't even want to talk about this, but we agreed that we would. Oh, I just want to take my old self and just shake myself because everything that was on my list, and I won't give you the whole list. I'll just give you the highlights was about finding someone who would make me whole. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't know why they're going to fix you or they're going to like complete you. Yeah. Yeah. So like some of my highlights, like the person has to be tall, like let's relax. I'm five, five. At that point I would have been probably shorter. Like everybody was taller than me. I wrote this, a person that's okay that I'm fat. Okay with the fact mm. that I'm fat. And at that point, I would have not have been fat at all. But I wanted that person to accept what I really couldn't accept in myself. Like has to like the movies, which may, you know, maybe still holds the movies. To, yeah. yeah, the movies, <laughs> not the particular genre, but has to, I think the act of going to the movies, because that was such right, a big right, part right. of my life. And then of course, you know, tradition talk about traditional family values. He has to have a good last name. <laughs> Because <laughs> of like, course, what, Carrington. Like, what well, was no, a good like, last name? Oh no, 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 no! I would have been thinking, well, when we get married, I'll lose mine, and I don't want to oh. take something stupid and, or hard to spell or difficult. Yeah, I you remember don't be Jennifer Benifer. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that you know, what a t- ridiculous thing to have on my list. And then, of course, <laughs> I wrote he has to be funny, which still appears on my list now well so sorry sorry before we blow past that why do you think that is because i will to to jump ahead a lot it is also on my list so what is it about humor that you think that both of us need to have on our lists well i think embracing laughter is the extension of having joy and i think ultimately we want to choose partners that are unafraid to experience joy because i think as we get older we do hold back from truly feeling the full edges of all of our emotions And I think identifying then and now that you want someone who you can laugh with is essentially saying, I want someone that I can build that connection with. I want to have someone that I can have fun with. So I think that's why it exists. But 
I feel openly like I want to cry at the last thing that appeared on my list, which is I want someone who makes me feel brave. Like, why was that the job of somebody else? I could have just woken up every morning and been like, I'm brave. Like, I just, I feel so much shame that I wanted this. I wanted someone to make me feel complete. And I think, oh my God, I don't know. Somebody has to be to blame for this. I feel so disappointed that that was my, I mean, I, I get that. I get that impulse to a degree of like, why am I looking to another person for me to feel like confident in myself at the same time, isn't. The, the, and maybe this is like the the wrong idea, but shouldn't our partner be someone that is our cheerleader at the same time? Isn't that isn't our partner someone that we can rely on to to make us feel better when we're when we're blue sort of thing? I don't disagree. And I think that those are great things. But I think what my list suggests is that I was unable to cultivate these things on my own. Right. Mm. That that person would then be responsible for making me feel complete. And that pisses me off. But I do have I do have some thematics of of what you're talking about in my new list so without further ado because we're totally belaboring the point kyle yeah 20 years later (laughs) please present your list this is the difference between you and i jen because uh you belabored and really were thoughtful and thought about this and um i took five minutes and (laughs) and jotted these down as i thought about them um the first thing that jumped to mind and really is i think at the top is kindness is what i wrote down as someone who is kind and i mean that in the fullest sense of the word not that they're a pushover or that they're like a rube of some kind but somebody who leads with empathy first is kind of what i'm looking for in a significant other and um i don't know i find that super attractive when people don't necessarily like rise to anger as their first impulse uh, in their life so kindness was the first thing that I wrote down. And are these in a particular order? No, they're no, not. They're just the, 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 I would say kindness maybe is, but all the other ones, no, they're not in any particular order past this. The other one is likes food is what I put down. And what I mean by this is, is not like we're, we're going to gorge ourselves every night. But at the same time, one of my favorite things is to go and try different things and to go to different restaurants and to i mean here in calgary we have something called the calgary stampede and they always deep fry something every year and it's whether you want it deep fried or not (laughs) that's right it's like you want deep fried butter here it is man so those types of things are like being a little bit adventurous with with trying those new things and um not being afraid to being like I, i i don't know like uh take pleasure in 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 the act of i guess like breaking bread eating and that sort of thing i kind of bring that because i've had relationships in the past where that has been like a really big stumbling block as far as either really restrictive or they think i'm going to judge them because they enjoy eating food (laughs) and it was like just this weird like disconnect that i that i found i also have from your teenage self uh enjoys the movies so I don't necessarily care like a specific genre. Like I literally will watch anything that someone uh, asks to watch, but that ability to go and um, enjoy that experience of the theater. I talking about this person that I have gone on three dates with our third date was last night and we went to the Calgary International Film Festival and we watched this film called Titan. Do you have any idea what that movie is? Jen? No. No. So it won the Palm Door at the Cannes Film Festival. I knew that part of it. That's what I knew about the film. I intentionally did not look up what this film was about. If I had, I probably would not have taken a date to see this movie. <laughs> oh, we've all had that happen. We've all been there. We're like, oh, this is not appropriate. Okay. Yeah. But so this is the first time that this person is coming back to the theater after the pandemic. This is literally their first movie they are seeing in a theater since things you know were shut down and we then went and watched a 90 minute film 100 minute film about a woman this is a french film a woman who has sex with a car and becomes pregnant <laughs> so what? that is the premise of the movie and it gets weirder from there i did literally did not know that that was what this movie was about and 20 minutes in i'm like 
I'm very sorry that this is the movie he brought you to. I literally did not know what this movie was about. Um, anyways, they were a good sport about it. So it's someone who doesn't matter and they're going to enjoy the theater going experience. The crowd was like part of the fun because they were super into it. So it was just fun to be in that crowd. Sounds like every international film festival I've ever oh, been to. 100%. What else? has their own interests, meaning that there's mm. stuff that they like to go and do that doesn't necessarily involve me. And I think that goes both ways. I really do think and feel that for strong relationships, people need to have their own time away from the pair. Not every single thing, but whether it's like, oh, I go to a book club and that's my like night out with whomever, or I go bowling on every Monday night and it's just my chance to go out and drink for a little bit, throw some balls down the lane, you know, that sort of thing. So whatever that the thing is, you have that time. Important to note, Kyle has never taken me bowling. Just, just to, <laughs> just, just, a side note. just, you know, people think we're very close. I like to remind people that it's not the mm. case. Kyle refuses to be friends with me. I have not been bowling. Do you know that I was a league bowler growing up? You're kidding. No way. I'm not. I bowled for 10 years, had my own shoes, had my own balls. God, that came out water. <laughs> bowling balls is what I'm talking about. Five pin bowling. Yeah, I, I league bowled every Monday night. Good for you. This is what yeah. happens when the town movie theater burns down. Correct. It's like, what else is there to do? Okay. All right, back to your list. Sense of humor is the next one that I have on my list. So I, I think kind of similar to your point. It's like someone who can see the lighter side of things, can joke around, have that like a light ribbing back and forth. It's also how I've discovered whether it's right or wrong, kind of how I show love or liking people is that I like to make jokes with them, at them, together, back and forth sort of thing. It shows that level of comfort with, with, with each other. And then the, kind of the last thing that like just popped to mind was... Like I wrote it down as travel, but I don't know if you'd want to put on adventure in there either. Just just the ability to be like, I don't want to stay just in the, the city that we live in all the time. You know, I look at my my parents and I see this disconnect all the time with my mother who who never wants to go anywhere. And my dad who expresses regret that they didn't go to different mm. places because he mentions it all the time about like oh i really wish i'd gone there and done this and went this place i've always wanted to go to here and my mom was just comfortable never leaving her house i'd want to be aligned on yeah let's go to europe or let's go to australia or let's go to japan or whatever the destination happens to be somewhere else in canada even just to experience the world how about you jen what kind of stuff did you write down yeah so like i mentioned i wanted to limit myself to a short list and this is what mm. i have on mine has to take ownership mm. that they do not make excuses for what happens or why it happens or their role and why it happens. And this, of course, I'm totally scarred from my last relationship where right. everything was magically my fault or somebody else's fault. And when you just simply do not take responsibility and say, I am the catalyst for all these things happening, it's like a values thing now. I just, I think you have to take ownership of, of the things that go right and the things that go wrong. That's so true though. Like I, uh, again, I have seen those people either working with or friends who nothing is ever their fault and at a certain point it's like well i mean <laughs> there has to be some reciprocity here i i get that maybe once or twice something outside of your control happened and it is the other party's fault but when it's a consistent thing it's like nope there's never any ownership on my part i'm always right there's some yeah, or i'm always the victim right i'm always, right, always the, the victim. victim of my yeah. circumstances i think it's hard to identify if you're in that if you're in that kind of yeah. equation. So my gen advice, this is what I figured out having been like to the mountaintop and back is if you say to, if you get that into that position with someone and you say to them, don't say you're sorry, just say it won't, you won't let it happen again. And they provide an excuse. Then, you know, you're dealing with someone like that. That's hmm. been my trick is to say, don't say, sorry, say it won't happen again. And then if it's you're like, well, it, it happened because if they make excuses, you're like, oh, yeah, OK, you don't get that. The other thing I have on my list is something that I have struggled with and I believe I'm on a I'm on a path to really address it as part of who Jen Sanford is. But you have to be able to self-regulate your emotions when you face uh, something happening. You have two choices. Always you can react or you can respond. And I want a partner who has the self-regulation to say, I'm going to respond 
And more than that has the strength to help me do the same. Now I'm not talking about my list from before where I need someone else to make me whole. I'm just saying that it's a partnership where you keep each other in check to say, I know that this is going to be hard for you to manage, but I'm going to keep it steady for you. I just feel like there can sometimes be like this pile on, right? Like you're out of control. So I'm more out of control. So then I'm more out of control. And it just escalates, escalates, escalates until like nothing is being solved. You know, I went through a period of time where I lost three people that were very important to me back to back to back. And the Mm. grief of that was suffocating. And at the time I had a partner who was like, how can I make this about what I'm going through or how insufferable it is to deal with? How can I react to you or react to the situation? And I have to say that it delayed my ability to be my best self there, but like there was just no winners at the end. So you have to self-regulate your emotions. And I will willingly say that there's probably, if there's any ex I have that's listening to this podcast, they're doing a spit take right now because they're like, she wants that from a partner we'd like to see that from her. So I acknowledge that that's a work in progress for myself as well. The other thing is you have to have your money together. You have, I'm 38 Mm -hmm. years old. You have to have your financials in order. You have to know what your deficits are. You have to have a direction. I feel like this is the quintessential thing that when you're 20, you're like, oh, I hope he's tall and has a fun last name. And now you're like, do you have an RSP? Do you make good contributions? Do you have a pension program? Is it a defined benefit pension? Like these are the weird questions that you ask now. But it matters. All my money is in Bitcoin. So (laughs) hopefully that's my retirement. Me and Elon Musk. You have to. I want someone who rejects destiny. Whoa. What does that mean? I want someone who believes that they are in control of their own decisions. Uh I don't want someone who's like, oh, it's not like, oh, oh, fate will take care of it. Yeah, fate will take care of it. Like, it's just, it's, you know, I... Someone I know will always joke to me like, oh, it's God's plan. And it's like, oh, for God's sake. God's busy. This is like, you got to be in your ownership of your own thing. So believing that they're in control. There's 7 billion people on the earth. Like he has time to make a plan for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> our, you know, our apologies to our one religious listener. The other piece is that you have to have a strong moral compass. You have to know right from wrong and you have to not hesitate when you hit that fence of violating your own values, right? And you have to be able to hold your own. I'm not like, you can't be persuaded to be bad. You're someone who's like, I I am fundamentally good and I I won't I won't engage in this kind of behavior because it's counterintuitive to who I am and it's a non-starter. I have to tell you that I didn't realize how important this was until I went on a couple of dates with someone recently and he was like that and I was like, "Oh, I like that." It just it's just like a like an I know myself thing and I think that it speaks to like the full cognitive development of another person. Um so before before we just, you know, <laughs> get too far away from that. So when you say like moral compass, I find maybe this is a good topic for like another podcast completely that that has nothing to do with like religious morals that is like like how do you define morality i guess is really my question i just define it as your values of this is what i will and will not do and i'm going to stick to that like having these guideposts in your life like if it's i won't lie or i won't be deceptive or i won't you know take a shortcut to to reach the same destination because i believe in doing the work correctly you know, right. it's, it's it's just like these are these are kind of the things that guide how I live my life. And I know what they are like. I'm self-aware enough to know what they are. That's what matters to me. Yeah. Like you, I have your kind even when there's nothing to gain. And to mm. me, I think that's the fully formed concept of kindness. Like, you know, when you're frustrated with a with a flight attendant or a gate agent at the airport and you've been delayed, but you continue to be kind because you just know that it's not that person's fault that this happened to you. Right. But there's simply nothing to gain. I think that that's when you see the true character of their kindness when they make the choice to be kind, when there could be some justifiable excuse to be a total dick. Right. I mean, there's this is going to sound like I'm trying to pat myself on the back, but it's just it's just it's a moment that happened in my life that has stood out to me that I can't forget. I was down in the Seattle area driving back with a friend. And we stopped off at this Burger King of all places and being the Canadian that I am. So I go and order and I all I did was like, oh, thank you so much. And like as they like brought my food to me and I could see that she was almost tearing up when I said thank you to her. And I was like, oh, this might be the first time someone said thank you to her in maybe many, many days. And it's like that very simple thing seemed to have such a huge impact on this on this wait staff. It's like, boy, sometimes you just don't understand the power that you have. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you have nothing, you have nothing to gain, right? So again, someone who laughs, 
and in, in parcel with that, someone who will create a moment into a memory. I, you don't need to take me for a $200 steak. You really don't. If you dance with me in the kitchen, in our pajamas, I'm going to be equally as happy with that. It's just about, about creating a simple moment into a memory. You hear a song on the radio right. and you take the time to turn it up or you're driving in the car and you turn to your person and you just say like, Hey, I really like you. Or I really am appreciative that you're here. Um, appreciation was, a- and that's when <laughs> I like big butts comes on the radio. Yeah, that obviously. And the, then you dance to that. It was the impetus. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do, I have so many themes on my, on my list about being appreciative and giving positive feedback. Like I, that is, that mm. has become so important to me is do you see me and do you hear me? And is what I am valuable to you? I think that is such like the, the lineage of my, of my list. I think it's just like that, uh, that feeling of being valued, right? You have to feel like there is that reciprocity in the relationship, but also that you and them both like value each other's time, commitment, value as a person. I think there's also the understanding, and this is on my list too, that respect at the end of the day is all you have. You know, mm-hmm. when my ex-husband, before he was my husband, uh, he came to visit my father to ask for his blessing to marry me and said, like, I really love your daughter. And I'd like to, I'd like to, for your blessing. And my dad said, you know, I'm most likely going to give it to you because you've been just around for so long. Um, <laughs> but I want to just ask you a question about, about Jennifer. And he said, do you like her? Do you like her? Mm-hmm. And John was like, well, of course I love her. And he said, yeah, I get, I get that. I see it. I get it. But, you know, love over time will fade away. And when love is gone, do you actually like Jennifer? Do you like her company? Do you like what she stands for? Do you like how she, how she talks, how she walks? Do you like her as a person? And, you know, John tried to answer that as best he could. But, you know, I, hearing the story later from my father around like, you know, that's such an important thing is like, do they understand that at the end of the day, respect is all you have to really give somebody, right? Like you can maybe give them something, but it'll ultimately fade away. Like if you're the gorgeous person in the relationship, you will get old. If you're the wealthy person in the relationship, you could lose it all. If you're the financial breadwinner, you could lose your job. But the one thing that is the unshakable thing is respect. Respect is is the one thing that you can give of yourself and and never take away. I want a partner I, who who desperately understands that, that how you speak. I, I always have this thing, Kyle, we've talked about this lots. I don't think I've said it on the podcast yet. You know, I'm a communications person. It is fucking brutal dating a communications person because every word matters and I'm in the business of words. And so you have to just watch everything that you say. And I always say that when you speak to your partner, what you say should pass through three doors. And if it can't get through all three doors, don't say it. And the three doors are, is it helpful? Is it truthful? And is it kind? And if you can't get through all three doors, keep your mouth shut. And I want a partner who's like, ooh, I like that philosophy. I like that philosophy. Well, I mean, to to a certain extent, too. I mean, I forget where I heard this now. As I told you at the beginning, I'm I'm drunk. So my memory is not the greatest here (laughs) at this very moment. But it was either a movie or some it was a quote from somebody about how, yes, over time in a relationship, like looks fade over time but what doesn't is if you're interesting or not or now interested in other people or you're interested in your partner sort of thing and i really do believe that to a certain extent because like, everyone gets older um everyone gets wrinkly but if you're interested in the other person just as a person that tends to not to fade yeah i think we're saying the same thing should we go to the fishbowl Let's do that. This is a reminder, of course, that this is the segment where we prove just how unqualified our advice really is. For some reason, my keys end up in this fishbowl every week. I'll just set those aside for right Why now. Why is this happening but, uh, to us every week, Kyle? I don't know. Uh, well, here's question number one. Jen, how do I, this is the royal eye, how do I know if my expectations are too high? Oh, well, I think, first of all, how long is your list? That's the, if you have <laughs> 700 things. And if it's a phone book of expectations, I think you've got probably your expectations are too high. I think if you look at your list and ask yourself honestly, because this is what I did. Can I achieve all of these things? Right. Can I achieve all of these things? Can a, can a human person with f- faults and flaws achieve these things? And then I think you need to red pen your list and really pare it down, really pare it down. I mean, even I have things on my list that I'm trying to think if I met someone and they didn't do this one thing, am I, am I really going to toss that person aside? Much like 
you know, Megan at Megan's wedding. Like maybe Dave only checked five of the things, but he checked them so well that Megan was like, yeah, this is my partner. This is the person for me. I, I am going to add onto my list, though, that they should look like Justin Taylor Thomas now, though. Like what he looks like now. <laughs> what does he look like now? <laughs> I don't know. He hasn't been in anything for like 15 years. So Isn't he have no like a idea. day job? Isn't he like a, like a contractor? Like he, I don't... He's a Starbucks barista, actually. No, no way. I have no idea. That's not true. I have no idea. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah. So I think that's how you know your expectations are too high. If you think I couldn't meet this barometer. And also if your list is incredibly long. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. I mean, I, in, in a many years ago when I watched a lot of reality television, you watch some of those dating shows and that seems to be like the biggest thing that like you have to do this and this and you have to treat me like a princess. You have to treat me like a king and like blah, blah, blah. Like there's this huge long list of like, you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do this. And again, not sustainable. It just isn't something that can happen long term and especially if it's like you have to do this but i don't have to oh do this. yeah that the, is the like, asymmetry no. of it yeah. yeah for sure like you have to take me here and here and here like yeah oh boy yeah you, i think you have to look for is your list superficial is it is mm -hmm. it meaningful and that's why i think your lists evolve over time right oh sure yeah well talking about that i Pick the second question out of the fishbowl here how do i manage constantly evolving expectations meaning expectations that get higher and higher. Well, I think we have to understand the difference between expectations that get higher and expectations that evolve. I mean, we were like, we were once a species that was dead at 40. So being in a relationship was a pretty short order, right? Now, you know, we're expected to be in relationships for, you know, 70 years, right? If you marry young and you live a long life, you could have to do 70. I, that thought is terrifying to me. That's way too many. That's too bad. That's too long. I would like to lease a marriage and then just re up as needed. <laughs> that's um, right, that's right. Can I get the luxury model now? Yeah. Is that how, do you, how do you know you're talking to a divorced person? You're like, ah, oh, yeah, if you want to get married, but let's just take it in sections. What, what are the side airbags like in this relationship? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what's the exit? What's the exit plan uh, look yeah. like? Um, yeah. I think that there's, we have to recognize the difference between evolving expectations and rising expectations. I think this question, this fishbowl question is asking about rising expectations, expectations mm -hmm. that get higher and higher. I think that that happens because the other, the person setting the expectations feels out of control, right? So often yeah. when we're trying to expect more of ourselves, we begin that process by asking more of others, right? Again, it's about taking responsibility for the relationship, right? Relationships start to fail. And what do you do? You look at your partner and you say, this is failing because you don't do this and you don't do this and you don't do this. And we, we can sometimes skip over the part where we have to look in the mirror and say, what, what am I not? Right. What am well, yeah, like I look at this question and as with so many things that kind of get sent into us, I often like, I have follow-up questions that I would like to like <laughs> pee, uh, drill down on this a little bit, but as far as like, um, evolving expectations, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with me. Like we saw a relationship here and now I now expect this level of commitment or dedication or whatever but not at the expense again of like i expect you to do this and i don't hold myself up to that same standard or i am now expecting something at such a high degree of perfection or expectation that mm -hmm. nobody <laughs> would be able to uh, achieve that so sometimes this is a look at yourself in the mirror sort of situation being like is this actually reasonable anymore yeah and what does this say about my own self-esteem incredibly high versus incredibly low. Number three, how do I stop expectations from ruining my relationship? Like, don't you find it interesting that we're talking about like a list of qualities that are mm -hmm. very important for us, but all the questions that we're asked that we're getting in the fishbowl are around expectation. Like this is what right. I expect from a person. So I think that that's an interesting, we have a weird fishbowl this week. Weird fishbowl, but I think this is actually still kind of relevant in many ways like we were talking about how as humans we always want to go to the negative first right like so even if we are using this list in a positive manner like yeah like i want kindness and humor and like a sense of adventure and all the other stuff that we've put on to both of our lists we tend to like and this is and like what happens if this is like too much for the other person or like what happens if like i'm going overboard with like this this set of expectations that i've written out well, yes, definitely. There needs to be some sort of like self-reflection as far as like, am I asking something that is too much for the other person to ever uphold? At the same time, I don't want it to get twisted to be like expectations I think are good. Like, I don't think going into a relationship and like, well, whatever happens, happens, man. 
starting a relationship with being like, no, like I value myself enough that these are the things that I am going to say are like my green lights that I expect to have in this relationship. Don't you find it interesting that like every day in our day-to-day work, whether you're a student or whether you're a professional, whether you're a consultant, every project that we take on or every activity that we take on, we always sort of begin with asking like, what are the, what are, what are the expectations, right? If you're a student, what is the first day of class is always about? Here's the course syllabus. Here are the rules of the road. If you're a consultant, you sit down with a client and say, what, what are the deliverables? What does success look like? You know, we, we goal set in, in a, in an environment, although many people like me are like, this is ridiculous. I hate this exercise, but, um, but in relationships, we sort of just get in there and we never really take the time to say like, what, what is on your list? Like, what are you, what are you looking for? We never feel like we can have those conversations. I don't know what we're so afraid of because ultimately you're investing your heart. You're investing the most important part of yourself. Wouldn't you rather know up front? Now I say this knowing, like, I remember I talked about being on a first date with a guy when I was like 21 and he was like, basically like, what are you, what is your list of this is? And I was like a chalk outline. I was like, get me out of here. But I'm, I'm saying that as you mature into the dating process, introducing the idea of, you know, this is, these are the things that are important to me and not like presenting your list as a PowerPoint. Like, let me be so clear, like, don't be psycho about it, but presenting it in a way to say like, these qualities are important to me or mirroring them out. Like when you see someone new in your life or even someone that you're getting to know nice and slowly, or maybe you're moving quite fast and they do something that's on your list, call it out and say, oh, this, that thing that you did, that's one of the qualities of someone that I'm looking for. It was so nice to see you do that. I think that's a way to, you know, to build bridges and, and, and mm-hmm. allow that other partner to open up and say, yeah, that's, you just did something that's like, why wouldn't that be like a nice feedback thing? Like, why are we so afraid of it? Yeah, I think that's well said. I mean, I think things would run even more smoothly if there's like, yeah, here are my expectations. And we, we're all upfront about this at the very beginning. But do we like, frame we, them we, as expectations? Know. Is that the word? Like maybe oh, that's, I'm just not sure if I'm comfortable with that, that word. It feels like it's like, like a dog with a treat, like jump for it, jump for it. I don't right, like it. Right, I think right. if someone said to me, these are my expectations, I'd be like, uh, oh, well, this feels. Here's our quarterly goals for the next three months of dating. So. so I have to ask you, and maybe this is an overshare. You've been on three dates with the same person this week. Have you ever taken a moment to say to that person that these are, these are some of the things on my list or you've done something that's, that's something that I'm looking for in a partner. Have you uttered any of that uh, language? <laughs> I have not. No. Will you? But ha- having this conversation, it makes me want to. So oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, Look at that. I will report back if and when that happens. Um, here's our last question, Jen. Can you have expectations and love unconditionally? No. But I also oh. don't believe in unconditional love because I think oh. it is a manner to hide all sins. I think there are things that people do that disqualifies them from being loved by you. Hmm. Yes. I mean, there's definitely things that could happen in a relationship. I'm like, um, nope, that has crossed the line. We just conflate them. We conflate like a commitment to love someone, whether it be through marriage or a dedication or a promise, a commitment to love someone versus saying, I love you unconditionally. And the subtext of that being like, you can do whatever you want and I will just keep loving you. I think. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, again, coming from like the LGBTQ community, there is advice that's often given about the tough decision of sometimes having to cut your family out of your life. I, I know that like not a romantic relationship, but like for your own mental health and for the good of both people or parties, sometimes you have to have that hard cut and be like, you you have to go off on your own. And I think that can be transferred here into that uh, romantic relationship where I am going to love you and I am going to support you, but there are things absolutely are going to like, well, no, that is a, that's a hard no for me. Yeah. A challenge that would be, I don't think that having to cut family out is mutually exclusively owned by the LGBTQ S plus community. I think in, in, I think in all relationships, there sometimes has to be loss in order for there to be the growth of the relationship. I think we're on the same page with what we're saying in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, a commitment to love and a dedication to love that person and, and to respect that they'll have flaws and to respect when they fall short, especially not when they fall short of your, for using the word expectation, 
but when they fall short of their own expectations for themselves, I think that's where you see the true character of love manifest itself. But I just, I don't think that, I don't think that would be a good question. If you follow us on, on Twitter or Facebook, we're at somebody date on Twitter and we're at somebody date JK, somebody date JK on Facebook Find us there and actually answer that question. Do you believe in unconditional love? I'd actually like to know your answer to that. Mm-hmm. And if we're full of shit, please let us know. Um, and I guess as a follow-up to that too, like you can always submit your own questions to our fishbowl by going to our website, somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That's Jen with two N's. Of course, we have a question of the week that's always posted there, but you can always ask anything that yeah, you want. Ask us anything. Okay. So next segment, unqualified advice. So in this mm-hmm. column, we, I present to you, usually it's me presenting it to you, Kyle, a column mm-hmm. uh, that someone has written and has given in what I believe to be, or you believe to be some bullshit advice. And then we, we discuss. So here it is. In 2018, there was a column called why it's good to have expectations in your relationship. And in the piece, they go on to say, studies show that it's actually good to have high expectation, expectations when it comes to your relationship. Um, it's healthy to have expectations of respect, affection, intimacy, time together, et cetera. They argue that being in a healthy relationship means you're getting your needs met by a person you love and trust. If your needs aren't being met, you are under the expectation that they should be met, which they should. And you are in a place where you and your partner can talk about what you need. This sets up for continuously strong communication and hopefully a thriving relationship. Any part of that seem like bullshit to you, Kyle? <laughs> I don't disagree with the first bit of that, where it's, where it's like it's healthy to have expectations of respect, affection, intimacy, time together, etc. Um, I actually don't disagree with that sentiment, but where I think it maybe goes off the rails a little bit is almost laid as a trap. <laughs> if they if something doesn't get met, that you can kind of spring that on your partner a little bit without communicating it first. I'm always about the communication. I always bring that up first and foremost. Like, have you told them about it? Have you asked them about it? Have you told them your discomfort or like feeling like you you're being ignored? That is, I think, what needs to be focused on rather than laying the trap and then uh, having a, a, a an argument from there. I hate this whole article. I hate this whole <laughs> column. I hate everything about it. And it viscerally bugs me. Because when they talk about it's good to have high expectations, I think that they do a shitty job of explaining what they mean by high expectations, especially when they talk Mm. about things like intimacy and time together. Because if you're making smart goals, like people like me are a hard out. And I specifically think about intimacy. What do you mean by smart goals? Well, like if you're like, I'll explain what I mean. If you're like putting like really tight rink boards around something, Mm -hmm. you're, you're losing like the all of the best things around your relationship because you move away from being like a check-in system with one another to like an annual report card. Like if, if, if you were to say like, like I think a fair expectation, not high, a fair expectation is to say like, I want to have a very intimate and sexual experience with you. I want to have, I want to be someone who is unafraid in the bedroom to, you know, love you and and make love to you and, and be with you. If you like look at your partner and build that smart goal of we will have sex four times a week mm, right, right. Uh, and that is my expectation that I expect to be met, then that person moves away from like the organicness of just knowing like, oh, my partner wants to have a sexual relationship with me and I want the same to how many times have I had sex with, with her, him, they this week? Yeah. Because I got to meet like, my like goal. The, the ultra specific, like those types of expectations. Yeah. can almost feel like. Well, have I put in my quote at the mines this week? Like it does really feel like, but I just feel like uh, more of a checklist, the way that this article is written, it is like the more specific and higher, the better. And I, I think that the premise is like you have, like, if you want dating to be an extension of how you know yourself, which you and I advocate that it should be, if you don't know yourself, you are never going to find something fulfilling you. It'll, it'll be a mess because it's two people coming together and just hoping that they can write it out and survive like what bitter old resentments as they get older. This article would suggest that it's the, the higher the expectation, the more specific the expectation, the better off you will be. And I think it sets a dangerous precedent. And I hear this from former partners and I hear this from my friends, especially men. I, I hate to say this because it really does call out women. And, and I try to be a, mm-hmm. a woman for all women, but when it's like, Oh, um, I did good. And I was rewarded with sex. 
I think women who do that should go to jail. I think there should be a special jail for, and I think we need to unpack that like relationship sins that you commit because that falls at the top of my list. I think you should have to report well, to prison on the, that. That's the sex jail we're passing to me. And that's, yeah, that's the sex jail where men and women who, who, who run afoul with the unspoken rules yeah. of, of dating and relationships and sex go to be reformed. Um, I do think that, you know, women who are like, oh, you did, you did good. And let me reward you. I, that bugs me. Go to jail. And so I think that this article almost sets it up this way, like let there be like a carrot and a stick when it comes to your expectations. And I think that that is a, a road that is fresh paved to hell. Yeah, I, I can I get that. I think maybe a way to rework this premise a little bit is that it's healthy to have expectations with your partner, like having that conversation with like, this is how I give love. This is how I want to receive love. This is what I find value in. This is what I want from you and you want from me, like having that kind of mutual understanding rather than it just being like, here's my list of high expectations. Here's your list of high expectations. I guess we're going to try and make this work. I am. I feel like I'm totally the wrong person to be asked this. I would ask me this question again, Kyle, in like a year, because I'm so looking at it through the lens of my last relationship, which I talked about in good detail last week. And I'm sure I'll be haunted by that when it comes out. But one of the things that I really am almost in like, emotional rehab about is that in my last relationship, it was like, I felt like the, the rabbit with the carrot at the horse track. Like I'm just, I'm just being mm. chased by you. I just falling short all the time. Every day mm -hmm. was a, a reminder of where it wasn't good enough, where I fell short. Here are my flaws on highlight. I'm shocked. I didn't get a PowerPoint presentation and I live in this evolutionary loop of not good enough, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough didn't meet my expectations, didn't meet my expectations. And so I think I'm hypersensitive to the idea of someone being like, here's my extraordinary list of very specific expectations. And if you don't meet them, you're going to be subject to a performance evaluation. And so I think I live, I live in that. And, and that's the hard thing of coming out of like a long-term relationship. Those emotions are still so raw. You that, think? Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just, uh... the look on Kyle's face, he's like, uh, Jen, it's going to be okay. It'll it's okay. okay. And I pat your head and mm -hmm. yes, exactly. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Everything is going to be okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm just looking up to see what Jonathan Taylor Thomas is up to right now. And the internet is not letting me know very much. Not paying attention. <laughs> no social media accounts. Hasn't done an interview since 2011. <laughs> well, that, well, Kyle wastes his time with that fool's errand. I will say that if just like Kyle said, please visit our website, somebody date Jen and Kyle, that's Jen double N. And you will see the fishbowl. Ask us whatever questions you have. You'll see the question of the week, which changes every Sunday. So please visit it and, and give us your feedback and your thoughts. And certainly you can email us if there's a topic you'd like us to cover, or you have a thought about the podcast. And that is somebody date Jen and Kyle again, Jen double N at gmail.com. And I think that kind of wraps it for the week, Kyle. I think it's bedtime for you. Let's be honest. It is. I'm going to go have a nice long power nap. So thanks for spending this Friday night with us. Stay safe out there and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.